we've been working through a bit of a soul detox in the season of Lent. So often you get rid of things on the side that are part of your life. You might take a bit of a break from... Um, I heard of someone who's given up weekly TV, not weekends, but (laughs) weekly TV for the season of Lent. That sounds a bit hard. But anyway, I, um, I myself have given up eating sweet food for Lent. It's one week to go. I know there was a gasp in the, <laughs> in the community. Uh, it's made no difference to my life except that I've realised how much I love sweet food. So often physically we do a bit of a laying aside in Lent but this year we've intentionally worked through a bit of a soul detox. So we've talked about being overwhelmed. We've talked about being overscheduled. Anybody resonate with the idea of being overscheduled? Yeah. So we've talked about some of those things that we have laid um, aside that actually clog our souls. Today we're going to talk about being dissatisfied. It's one of the phrases that people use when you say to them, how is life? And you dig a little bit, but most people say good. But if you dig a little bit deeper, you'll find that there is in the midst of the roundabout, anybody else on the roundabout? In the midst of the roundabout, there's this sense of dissatisfaction doing the same thing over and over and over again and getting no different results. And um, so today our our hope is to talk around the the concept of dissatisfaction. Now this marries beautifully with the idea of Palm Sunday, although it might be hard to see at first how it marries beautifully with it. Palm Sunday is, of course, the Sunday before the the Passion of the Christ. And Jesus rides into town, as we saw in our video clip, on a donkey. And everybody has this moment of, wow, here comes the king. And there's kind of this energy that happens amongst people and they all gather and they start to cheer. And it's like when you watch the Olympic Games and the teams start to march in and you, for no reason that makes sense, get tears in your eyes and you get emotional and you get on board cheering. And it was the energy around Jesus as he rides into town is noisy. And it's so noisy, the religious Priests start saying, tell that crowd to be quiet. Oh, no, someone like that. Tell them to be quiet. Stop that joy. It's too loud. And Jesus says in response, if they were quiet, the rocks, the quiet, the rocks themselves would cry out in praise. Because in a moment, for a moment, it's as if heaven let loose and everybody had a moment of realisation of who this person Jesus was. There was a wow kind of moment. And everybody began to think about what it would be to have Jesus as king. What a king he would be. He would right the world of wrongs. He would boot out the Romans. This is for the Israelites. He would um, make everything good again. All that was wrong in the world would be made right. Prosperity, the land flowing with milk and honey, all the promises God had given them once back in the day, would now come to pass as Jesus the King took over the land. It's the kind of thing that we hope for. We can resonate with this idea of what kind of a great king. What Wouldn't it be wonderful to have a mighty king that could right the wrongs in our world? We certainly have a lot in our world that is not perfect, don't we? And it resonates with us. Maybe the wrongs are the external forces and we know there's war and there's um, disruption across our globe or maybe they're more local. Maybe they're the challenges we have in our own families or in our neighbourhoods. Maybe they're the 
internal challenges. But anyway, we, we long for a king to right all the wrongs and to bring peace to the land. This year, for the first time, I started to watch the franchise of the Avengers. Is anybody else an Avengers fan here? Just give me a wave, loud and proud. Okay, I'm on it. I've got into the Avengers and I've learnt the power of the Avengers. My favourite is Thor. That's probably because everybody in the house's favourite is Thor. <laughs> this is the, that's the kind of king we're looking for. A king who would come in and make the world right again, make our world right again. Goodness, if we had a king like that, everything would be okay. We'd be prosperous. We'd be peaceful. We'd be safe from our enemies. We'd have money to spare. We'd have health and no enemies. We'd have everything going our way. And if things didn't go right, mighty Thor would come in with his hammer and fix it all. The problem, of course, is that Palm Sunday does not give us that king. Jesus rides in on a donkey. Didn't match the expectations of some, not even us, at times if we're honest. He didn't ride in on a war horse. He didn't come in to control the world, although he had the power to do so. He didn't come in to set everything straight and to rule with an iron hammer. Instead, he rode a donkey. He headed, as Josh pointed out, to the temple and there he turned the tables upside down, all of the religious tables. He incited anger against him, but not inappropriately. He addressed the issue that has caused the world to go the way it is. The problem with the human race is our heart and this is the king and this is the kingdom in which he wanted to address. So how does he address this kingdom? How does he set things right? If it's not by might, if it's not by violence, if it's not by power and good looks, that was my long hair in my imagination. If it's not by that, then how is it? that he makes this world right. We're going to have a look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 25. Remember the word we're dealing with today is dissatisfaction. Matthew Matthew 6, sorry, 19 to 25 says this. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye of the lamp is the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore I tell you, Are you listening? Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body. What you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. So here is the wisdom of God, the kingdom of God, the secrets to satisfaction in the kingdom. Doesn't really sound like a lot of fun, these secrets, does it? The giving up. The not storing, the not collecting. I mean, we are a people who love an acquisition or two. We love it when it's physical. We love it when it's financial. 
We love it when it's um, personal, maybe it's educational. We love things. We love them, we store them, we hoard them, we love them, we show them. And sometimes we just keep them in the cupboard and never let anybody use them. Like my grandma's beautiful Royal Albert dinner set. I once went to watch the uh, Melbourne triathlete end of the race at the Commonwealth Games. It was a long time ago. And uh, a little Aussie girl called Emma Snow won the triathlon uh, race. And at the end, she said, I gave up chocolate for a whole year as I trained for this race. And I thought to myself, how ridiculous. That's just stupid. Why would you give up something so good as chocolate just to win a gold medal that won't last? But she had chosen one prize over another. And I found that inspiring, which is why I still remember all these years later. I also find the, the woman who, Jane, I think her name was, a woman who studied gorillas. She gave up her life, her home, and she invested all of her time and energy into the study of gorillas because she loved them so much. I find that, that incredibly inspiring and a little bit unnerving. Am I alone? This idea of sacrifice of so many of the things that are comfort, that represent success or that represent our well-being or that represent something to us in our culture, to give those things up, or as Jesus says, to not store them up and hoard them. I find that unnerving and inspiring because the reality is it takes sacrifice. Jesus says it's not a sacrifice. He says, don't store up for yourself things that are going to rust, things that are going to get eaten by moth. Jesus says, you know, sometimes we chase after these acquisitions. We want them, we hoard them, we love them. But in actual fact, these things are temporary. The things that we pursue in the kingdom of this world are not things that are lasting. They can be decayed, ruined, destroyed, or worse, stolen by thieves whose hearts also are decayed, ruined and destroyed. It's a common theme in Jesus' day and, and one in our own. The temporary nature of the things that we love in one simple moment, Jesus says, this is why the kingdom of this world, the way we want to see this world is not actually the way the world is designed to be seen. Instead, he says, store up for yourselves things that are lasting, things that last for eternity. Things that are an investment, not just for the now, not even for the future for our children's college fund, but things that last beyond the temporary nature of this world. Invest in those kind of things because there you will find satisfaction. How do I invest in the kingdom of God? How do I invest in seeking first the kingdom of God? What is the secret to satisfaction in that space. I mean, there could be some great theological books around. There's a lot of stuff written about how it is, what is the kingdom of God and how it comes to pass through the people of God. But I think if we were to whittle it down in the conversation around satisfaction, the key word we might find is obedience. The key word to finding Satisfaction in this world is not hoarding, is not self-pleasure, is not getting all the things that we wanted ever and never having an enemy against us. It is, in fact, the road of obedience, the road to obey what God calls us to. Obedience around the attitudes that we have towards others, 
towards ourselves. Obedience towards the things that we love and the things that we invest our energy and time in. Obedience towards things like, do not worry. Your Father in heaven knows what you need. The invitation to satisfaction comes not through the inheritance of a great king placing a ready-made kingdom there for us, but through the pathway of obedience. Jesus himself walked this pathway. He didn't come to the earth to build his kingdom and establish it in a way that everybody knew he was the king. Instead, he only ever did what the father told him to do. Doesn't sound like a very full life, does it? Goodness me, maybe he felt like a slave, you think to yourself as you whittle this idea down. Jesus says this great phrase. He says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work. Now, I think as a foodie that what Jesus said is my satisfaction, the fullness of life, my joy is complete when I finish the work God sent me to do. For Jesus, obedience wasn't around slavery. It wasn't around having to do God's things and never getting a chance to have time to himself to enjoy the world. It was, in fact, partnering with God as his purpose was and as ours is to live out the things that God has invested within us for his glory. It is here that we find satisfaction, living into our created design, partnering with the one who will meet our every need. The Apostle Paul did the same journey, had the same challenge, walked the same pathway. And he said, I've learnt to be content, hungry or full, thirsty or not, in need, poor, rich. I have learnt to be content. I've learnt that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not the mighty warrior things that are just for fun, but I can do all things in all seasons because I am fully satisfied by the strength of God. That's a pretty helpful promise in a world where we can live dissatisfied and find lots of things to be dissatisfied by. Don't you think? So Jesus tells us, When we chase the things of this world, we become mastered by them. We might think of things like addictions and go, oh, well, they are mastered by those things. But a quick reflection might tell us that our lives actually revolve around a whole bunch of things that can master us, not just money and that's in the topic that Jesus is talking about in Matthew 6. Everything from sweets. I know I'm not that I'm mastered by sweets because I think about them all the time. Do you know what I mean? We we can be mastered by many, many things. And Jesus says, you know, dissatisfaction, mastery will actually happen to all of us unless we choose instead to follow the steps of obedience and find ourselves partnering with God. I just want to say one more thing this morning. It's another little observation on the side of this passage. And on the side of Palm Sunday, I think about what happened that day when people cheered thinking the king was coming and how sometimes we cheer when we when things go well and we you know we do our celebration bowl and we celebrate all the good god things that are at work and god does do good things and we should celebrate them but i think one of the tensions we live in is the reality that what we want is a ready-made 
kingdom of God here and now with no battle. We want our world to be heaven here. We want that song from the 80s, you know, oh baby, do you know what that's worth? Oh, heaven is a place on earth. And so in some ways we set about to create heaven in our own little world. We work on things like luxury. We work on things like comfort. And again, if you know me well, you know I love all these things. And this is not a criticism but a reality to pause and say, what is it that we are working for? Sometimes we are creating, we're chasing gold in the here and now, forgetting that the kingdom of heaven is a different kind of gold, different kind of treasure, but that in eternity, the language is there's so much wealth in God's eternity that we actually don't need to be chasing it here. It's nothing compared to the wealth that God himself has and offers and has for us in store. And, and I wonder whether, like Israel, you know, when Israel inherited the land first time, flowing with milk and honey, they had to fight the inhabitants to clear the land, to inherit the land. And we'll talk about that another time if you want to discuss ethics and Israel and and warfare and all that stuff because I know that can be a bit of a distraction but they actually had to battle to inherit their land and the land God promised them wasn't just a walk in and take over ready made already painted prepared for them it was actually something they had to work towards and the kingdom of God in this earth in some ways I think we we chase the luxury and the ready-made sense of God's kingdom here instead of actually chasing the kingdom of God breaking through, battling through to allow actually God's true kingdom reign to take place. So we're pursuing the comfort of kingdom instead of the realities of kingdom. And when God's kingdom break through, people get healing. Not everyone, not all the time, but when God's kingdom break through, God brings about transformation. When God's kingdom break through, Things happen that we could never, the impossible happens, that we could never make happen. When God's kingdom breaks through, people's hearts are turned from darkness to light. When God's kingdom breaks through, the king of Nineveh and all of Nineveh repent. Do you know what I'm saying? We think about this world that we live in and we think about the the real wrestles in our world and they seem impossible This is the kingdom we're called to bring. Not the luxury, not the heavenly palaces, not the beauty and comfort, which, of course, we all enjoy, but that's not lasting. The lasting stuff that we're called to bring is this sense of what God wants to bring, what Jesus inaugurated here on Palm Sunday and then into Holy Week as he died, fought with the powers of darkness and overcame. And this is our call now to bring about this kingdom to those we live, laugh and work with. So I wonder if today, in this last week of Lent, there are two things. The first is, is there something mastering you? Is there something that maybe has caught your attention that's temporary, that maybe God wants to deal with, that that actually is making you dissatisfied and mastering you rather than giving you freedom? It's an opportunity to actually lay that down to say to God I see this is a master and I want you to be Lord and to lay that down the second is maybe the pursuit of heaven on earth is something that has caught you up it's easy to do we're surrounded by the voices 
in our community who seek to create heaven on earth without a cross, without suffering, without sacrifice. And perhaps today is a day for repentance, to say, actually, I want your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. You are a good king who has laid down his life that our hearts might be free, free to live as we've been created, free to live as we've been designed, free to live in friendship and relationship with you. We thank you that it is in this space that we find contentment, satisfaction, fullness of life. God, we lay down the things that we pursue that are temporary. We acknowledge that they don't bring us satisfaction. Only you. Only the things of your kingdom. We don't want to be mastered by them anymore. You are Lord and we trust you. We ask that we would be the people who bring about the kingdom of God on this earth in our little pocket. That we would trust your words when you tell us, pray for someone, stand beside someone, love someone, let go of anger. Help us to respond obediently as disciples of Christ. That others might experience your goodness. So, Lord, would you bless us and keep us. Please make your face shine upon us and be gracious unto us in our going out and our coming in, in our labour, our leisure, our laughter and our tears. May we carry your good kingdom wherever we go and share it with others. In Jesus' name.